0: Welcome to Great Takes Less Filling. I am U Street, and with me this week we have Gopher Guy05, Andy. Uh, Andy, we'll just get going. Today the University of Minnesota took down the University of Maryland 34 to 16 in a game that frankly probably actually wasn't that close. What were your primary observations from chilling in what was a gorgeous day? in minneapolis yeah
1: no it was it was, uh, it was definitely a gorgeous day in huntington bank stadium and uh you know it was nice to to see the gophers uh trample the turtles um you know the the three-headed running attack was a full 300 running attack um you know you had two running backs each go over 100 yards you had uh you know two more go for 30 plus uh four different rushing touchdowns by four different players Uh, The offensive line was on fire. Co'Keefe is just a magician. Um, Yeah, all in all, it was just a a ridiculous uh, ground game stomping of maryland and uh that that's what you like to see when uh when minnesota can play exactly what they want to do and the defense cannot stop them and for the majority of the second half that's exactly what happened minnesota maryland everybody in the stadium knew exactly what minnesota was going to do and they did it maryland could not stop it
0: it was a vintage glenn mason football team performance in many ways, I thought. uh, Kai Thomas, 21 carries for 139 yards and a touchdown with a long of 38. Uh, Bucko Irving, 15, 105, 21, along with a reception for 28, which is why he is my offensive necton of the game. Though realistically speaking, uh, well, unrealistically speaking, I suppose if you could have multiple nectons, I think it's hard to not give one to every single member of the offensive line, all 3,000 or whatever players. They put on, they had a fantastic game, especially in the second half. And in particular, running behind the right side of that line. Uh, Big Dan, Blaze Andries, Axel Rushmeyer, they stuck Connor Olsen in there sometimes. You were mentioning Coke uh, Brevin Spanford, Ford when he was sort of playing as the kind of pseudo blocker, maybe going to leak out tight end. Just absolutely manhandled a uh, Maryland team. Now, admittedly, Minnesota should have won this game. Maryland down some key position players, some key skill players. Minnesota also is a more talented team than Maryland. So both of those things, in some sense, should get the win. But as has been noted before, for example, this year against Bowling Green, the fact that a team is supposed to win does not necessarily mean that they will. Uh, on defense, Andy, do you have a neck game of the week?
1: You know, it uh the the few times I've done this it's been consistent and, and I mean if you want to talk argue about uh one player who probably has made the greatest impact in, in his one year, uh Jack Gibbons has just been an absolute stud at linebacker for Minnesota this year. Again, another ten tackles today, including one and a half for loss. Um, he was all over the place. Uh, he is he is upgraded this Gopher linebacking core significantly. Uh, you know, Mariano Sarimarin is definitely having a better year than he did last year. Uh, but Gibbons right next to him makes both of them better. And he is he is honestly you you'd have to say he's playing himself into position. To, I mean, he's not going to be a, a early round pick, but he keeps playing like this. There's absolutely no reason why Jack Gibbons can't be a uh, can't be a you know, late second day, early third day draft pick, because uh, this dude is is playing great defense for Minnesota right now. And he's uh, really, I mean, like I said, he's he's really made this linebacker core um, arguably one of the best we've had since well probably 2019.
0: Yeah, Minnesota currently is second in the Big 10 in rush defense and top 10 in the country. Admittedly, some of that has to do with the competition that Minnesota has played. But nonetheless, the the rush defense has been quite good. Uh, I will continue to give my neck of the week to the the hogs inside, in particular this week Niles Pinckney uh, for among other things forcing a fumble early in the game, uh, which was an excellent play that he made, but also just in general, I thought Minnesota did a very good job handling Maryland's Uh, rushing attack to the extent it existed. Maryland rushed the ball 23 times, only 79 yards on the day. Uh, Importantly in this game, it was a sort of P.J. Fleck dream in that Minnesota had more rushing attempts than Maryland had plays, period. And so that is obviously you're going to have some things. But a lot of that did really have to do with the fact that the, the defense, when they needed to be on the field, bar one very poor possession, in the second quarter, did exactly what they were supposed to do. And that starts, as Andy, of course, mentioned the linebackers, but I'll mention the front four. If they are able not just to get pressure, which they were able to get, but also just to sort of force throws to be a little bit quicker than maybe Maryland would have wanted to, to do otherwise, that was quite successful in this game. So I thought that was really impressive. Uh, I will throw out the sort of absurd question of the day, which is uh, I don't know how good Maryland's defense is. I'm inclined to think probably not very. But uh, Minnesota now has have two sort of redshirt freshman freshman players, uh, who are both really good. And given this, in many ways, was a Vincent uh, vintage Glenn Mason performance. Andy, do you see shades of perhaps a previous duo tandem with Bucko Irving and Kai Thomas?
1: I mean, they if they can continue to improve their game for the next two or three years, I mean, it is quite amazing and i think we need to get a massive shout out to to kenny burns the gophers running back coach and and Close circuit to Mark Coyle. Open up your damn pocketbooks to keep this dude around in the offseason because you got to think that he's going to be highly sought after for potentially some some offensive coordinator positions or something at the at you know a MAC level or something like that. Uh, but when you think, I mean, we started out the season thinking, all right, we've got an All-American running back in Mo Ibrahim, and then he goes down week one. We're like, okay, well, you know, let's see what we got. And then you have Trey Potts, who at the first three games of his season is playing arguably at a at an all big ten pace. Um, I think, you know, other than and Kenneth Walker for, for Michigan State, I think Potts still is second in the Big Ten in yards per game in, in in yardage. And then he goes down and you go, Okay, well okay, we're a little worried, but let's see what we do. And I mean to be honest, we've been not really seeing any drop off at the running back position. I mean, obviously the level of competition is has been different, um, you know. But but between Irving and and Kai Thomas, Kai Thomas had just some gorgeous, uh, you know, ankle breaking moves. If you know, took a three yard gain into a seven yard gain multiple times today. Um, and and you get what you get with uh, with Williams. I mean, he's not going to be the guy who's going to be that shifty type back, but we know that he's the best blocking running back that we have, and he's you know arguably, uh, PJ Fleck still trusts him as as potentially the most sure-handed one because, in crunch time, we've seen it be the Bryce Williams show. So, no, I mean, um, I'm not going to go out on the limb and say this is you know the three-headed monster of. Barbara Maroney and, and Terry Jackson or anything like that. But, um, you know, it, it, it's nice to see um, there's absolutely zero reason why Minnesota should be able to keep this going next week against Northwestern and the week after that against Illinois. And then you see just how good your offensive line is when you have to go up against the defense from Iowa and the, and the defense from Wisconsin two of the last three weeks. And if you can score on those defenses and you can get your run going on those defenses – you're, you're going to be in really good shape.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Of course, looking uh, immediate ahead, of course, is, is to Northwestern, uh, who may or may not present a huge challenge in the sense that Michigan ran all over them. I don't think it's a surprise for anyone who's been regularly listening to any of our podcasts that my general view about college football this year is every team is bad. And I don't think that my view of that has changed dramatically this week either, though Illinois did knock off Penn State in the nine-overtime thriller. So uh, Penn State is going to take a tumble outside of the top ten. Purdue also promptly got smoked by Wisconsin today. So there's going to be a lot of movement, I think, over the the last few weeks of the season. Minnesota is in a nice position in that, by and large, well, they still very much control their destiny, such that if they were to win out, they'd win the, the Big Ten West, which is good because, well, it's nice to control your destiny, not so much like, oh, this is obviously going to happen. I think with a lot of the chaos that is going forward, and one of the things that I thought was a little bit not so wonderful today, I wasn't overly impressed with the defensive secondary today, which admittedly for most of the season I've been pleasantly surprised by Justin Wally and Tyler Newbin's had some really good games. Uh Jordan Howden's played decently well. Today I thought they took a little bit of a step back, but they may also have been a decision by how Joe Rossi was thinking about scheming up against Maryland to just take away the run at kind of all costs and he'll deal with the occasional chunk plays that will come in the passing game. Maryland being down a top wide receiver, I think, probably had something to do with that as well. But when I say that this was a 34-16 to 16 game that I didn't actually think was particularly close, uh, we can point to the sort of last bit, why I think this game should have been closer, which is at the end of the first half, and Andy, you are a man on the ground, or rather, I suppose, in the sky, in the, the deck. But uh, I, I heard very clearly through my television an awful lot of boos going into halftime uh, because uh, the gopher play calling was somewhat perplexing. And for those of you uh, who didn't watch the game, I'm not totally sure why you're listening to this podcast, but what happened in the final two minutes was quite possibly one of the dumbest two-minute drives I've seen in a very long period of time that ends in a long field goal attempt that is promptly blocked by Maryland because uh, somebody on the offensive line completely missed an assignment. And so Trickett was sort of left out to dry. Uh, The Govers were booed off the field. I'm led to believe that PJ Fleck was not super thrilled about this as he apparently led with his sort post-game press conference about it. Uh, But for you, Andy, when you were in in the the field, did you boo the players? Were Were you one of the booers?
1: I, I was not one of the booers, but I, I predicted it. I talked to the person sitting next to me right away. I said, you know, after after that sort of debacle, I said, if Trickett misses this kick, they're going to be up a touchdown and they're going to get booed as they go to the locker room. That's exactly what happened. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've got the drive chart up right here. I mean, Minnesota's rushing the ball. Kai Thomas did uh, two big rushes. The Gophers took a timeout with a minute nine left and the ball in the Maryland 33. Thomas then rushed for two yards. Then rushed for five yards on third and one, got the first down. And then on first down from the 19 again, they gave it to Thomas one more time, and he went for three yards. Gophers called a timeout with 32 seconds left, their final timeout of the half. Now, one would have thought maybe you might want to rush up there and try and get a play rather than burning your last timeout with 32 seconds left. Whatever, you can make that argument. It's fine. The next play call is over. You've got second and seven from the Maryland 16-yard line, 32 seconds left in the half. And you run an inside zone handoff to Thomas, which is completely stuffed. Loss of four yards. I, I understand why, and then P.J. flock even said it to Justin Guard, coming off of, of the field at halftime, said, well, they wanted to make sure they didn't get, out, get knocked out of field goal range and things like that. But it's like, alright, you've got second and seven. You've got the clock stopped. Why don't you take one shot at the end zone? You've got Chris Ottman-Bell, who has made some ridiculous catches. You're telling me that you can't try and, you know, everybody loves, and I say that sarcastically, the fade. You are tell me you can't try and throw a fade dotman bell in the corner of the end zone and either he catches it or it goes out of bounds and you have third down with 20 seconds left and then you can basically, you know, run one more play and kick the field goal. I I just I don't I don't get it. You know, so they they basically they you know, they they get the the stuffed run and it's third and 11 at the 20 and they have just basically run out the clock tanner morgan spikes the ball and then and then the debacle that was the the field goal block where uh, to be brutally honest the gophers got damn lucky because if a maryland player can pick that ball up it's a tie game going into halftime
0: oh yeah that was house Uh, that was absolutely i mean that
1: was that was no doubt i mean let's put it this way i we're very happy with the win but if Maryland's players could hold on to the bleeping football, this game would have been a lot closer, not only on that blocked field goal. I mean, I can't tell you how many passes Maryland dropped that should have been easy first downs or easy big gains that, I mean, literally hit their receivers in the chest, hit them in the hands, and they just dropped it, which, I mean, is going to happen when you're down to your, you know, you're down two top receivers. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean, the Gophers' running game, did what they need to do and that's great but yes I mean there definitely are some some things that can be cleaned up things that can be fixed and eventually you're going to run into a good team that's going to take advantage of it Um, so you know I mean all in all we're still pretty happy but uh, you got to keep doing what you got to do to keep moving forward and uh, you know like we said if you play well. Northwestern, is eminently beatable. If you play well, Illinois is eminently beatable. Uh, Ohio State literally just went up 44-7 to on Indiana with 30 seconds left in the second quarter. Indiana is very much beatable, even on the road. So, I mean, do what you need to do, and there's absolutely zero reason why, once again, the Big Ten West shouldn't come down to the triaxle that is Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin for, you know, The third time in the last four years
0: yeah no absolutely completely agree and i think one of the things that is surprising well surprising in a bit of air quotes but annoyance is that there is a level of conservatism with this team that when the execution is there it's fine the second half this is the first third quarter of the year that i think we would all agree they played well So coming in the third quarter was a much solid performance. Usually that's been the Gophers' weakness this year. And part of that was they still played very conservatively in the sense that they were running the ball first down, second down, third down, if they had gone for on fourth down, they probably would run the ball. They brought Cole Kramer in several times to run the ball. They were just going to keep running the ball. But this is fine because that offensive line was doing its job and the Gopher running backs were in one-on-one situations making guys miss. Bucko Thomas with some phenomenal stiff arms, including his stiff arms, uh, multiple stiff arms on his touchdown run, which was really great. I think there are times, though, where that same conservatism can bite this team. And I think at the end of the first half, there's an example of it, that there is such a reliance on we're going to control the game, we're going to slow the game down, we're going to play at our pace, that, and I would be very clear, that comes from the head coach and it flows downwards that I think that can lead to some challenges. And especially going forward in the next couple of weeks, while it's true, as Andy said, that every one of those teams is eminently beatable, so is Minnesota. Because again, just about every team in college football this year is bad in some way. And I think that's going to be one of the things that we should be worried about going forward. However, we will not be worried about it, at least uh, for tonight. Andy, do you have any other things you'd like to say before we we sign off here?
1: No, I mean, I agree. It's, it's, you know, as you said, you know, this team could win or could lose any of their next few games. They just need to execute. And if they have one poor execution game, um, you know, it, it, it can get in trouble. I mean, frankly, again, as, as we you know talked about earlier, it's a good thing the running game was clicking whatever because you compare Tanner Morgan last week to Tanner Morgan this week and you wonder what happened. Um, last week, Tanner was, was pretty sharp. This week, his first three or four passes were um i mean brutal to be to be brutally honest it was brutal they were behind receivers they you know the gophers didn't have a turnover and and they got they got a bit lucky with that so um you know it's nice that we can find a way to win games when one part of the offense isn't clicking one part of the defense isn't clicking but you know they just got to keep barre- barreling down put their nose to the grindstone because you know we may have to win ugly we may have to win pretty but you just got to do what you got to do to get that W up on the board. And they did that today, and we'll hope they'll continue going forward.
0: All we can do is change our best. And with that, we
1: hope you will join us uh, next week
0: for the regularly scheduled SkyU podcast. But in the interim, from Annie and myself, go Gophers, row the boat, Sky U Ma. Go Gophers, row the boat.